What's up, founders, and welcome back to the In Demand podcast, where we talk all about how to reach your very first 1 million in ARR. I'm your host, Asia Arangio, and I'm the founder of Demand Maven, where we work with early stage SaaS companies on reaching their very first growth milestones. Let's do this. All right, folks, it is finally time to break down these two fundamental concepts whenever it comes to go to market. And it's one of those things that I hear all the time uh, from founders, whether it's in sales calls, whether it's in client meetings or whatever it is. But there's this misconception that focusing your product and niching or niching your product is the same thing. And I'm here to tell you that they are so very much not. There is a huge difference between focusing and niching. And the difference is really in terms of the context of how you decide to go to market. And also it implies there's an implication about how you will be executing and operating also. But there's a huge difference between focusing and niching. Now, here's the thing. They are cousins. They are not twins, but they are cousins. They're correlated to each other. They're related for sure. They're part of the same family. You can achieve focus by niching, but you don't have to niche to achieve focus. And what a lot of founders Um, Whenever we work together, sometimes they'll come to us and they'll say, hey, like we're really struggling with focusing. Um, I think it's just, I think it's time that we just, you know, find a niche and double down. But the reality of it is that they actually probably don't have to niche in order to accomplish what it is that they want to accomplish. It's possible that they're just struggling with operations, which is very different. Okay, so focusing versus niching. We're going to break it down right here today on the podcast. Okay, so when a founder is focusing, what they're essentially saying is that they are going to spend some time really dedicated to a particular part of the market. And when they are niching, what they're really saying is when it comes to go to market, we are a product for this specific segment and no other segment ever. I'm going to give you an example. So an example of niching would be saying, uh, this is my favorite example to give, but it's the easiest one. Uh, It's saying, I'm going to take CRM and we are only going to serve trucking companies. So this is a niche by vertical, meaning we, there is some software category. We are going to take that and we are going to apply it to a very specific vertical trucking companies. And that is how we are going to grow as a company. That's, that's our focus. That's our lane. Um, it doesn't really matter if someone comes to us and they say, hey, we're a marketing agency. We'd love to use your CRM. If you are truly niched, you will say, good luck, guys. I can't make any promises that you're going to like this product because we are CRM for trucking companies. You might want to try HubSpot or something else that's better designed for marketing agencies or more general. But for the most part, uh, we would say maybe don't try our product. However, if you do love it, obviously, like you're welcome to be customers, but you know, it's totally your choice. But you know, we are obviously focused on trucking companies. Now, if you were to focus your company, let's say that you were CRM instead for small businesses. Now, there's many verticals and many different pockets of types of customers and a trucking company can technically be considered a small business, but so can a marketing agency. 
Now, CRM for a small business is very different. It's still a relatively broad, it's definitely a huge software category in a relatively broad market. But focusing would say, okay, for the next 12 months, 12 to 16 months, we are going to focus on marketing agencies. And then 12 months after that, we're then going to focus on creative agencies. And then 12 months after that, we're going to focus on website agencies. And then 12 months after that, we're going to focus on bloggers and blah, 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 blah. And like you keep going. And that's how you think about cornering a market. But focusing and niching are two different things. When you're focusing, the thing is, is you're still going to attract randos, like no matter what, like random people are still going to come to you and say, oh my gosh, like your product is really cool, but we probably aren't designed like for, like we're probably not who you're, who you're building for. Um, And if you're focusing, you'll say, hey, yeah, that's okay. By the way, in the future, like we do plan on like adding in these features, like to the roadmap and, you know, expanding in this area. So um, definitely become a customer if you want. But, you know, in the future, you'll definitely like we think you'll be really happy with where we end up. And if you're focusing, you probably won't turn away the customer. um, But if anything, you'll set expectations. Now, if you're niching, you probably would turn away the customer, especially if they weren't actually uh, part of the niche that you were ultimately going after. And this, I think, is the hardest thing to explain to founders that don't have a specific niche, which, by the way, if you have a niche, amazing, great, wonderful, love that for you. That's awesome. You are in your lane, hydrated, moisturized, and focused, and that's awesome. Um, But if you don't have a niche, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get a niche and also that that niche is forever. There are some companies that eventually decide to expand into entirely other markets over the long term, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a niche. It just means that you need a really good process, that you need really good internal operations, and also that you kind of live by what the name entails, which is focusing, that you stay focused and that you don't get distracted by other um, segments, shiny objects, whatever it is. When it comes to focusing versus niching, the other thing I really want to make sure is really crystal clear is that focusing technically is not a thing that, um, like, it's not like it's forever. And I think a lot of founders get stuck on focusing because they think that they have to focus on a segment forever, that if we focus on marketing agencies, it's got to be that way forever. And the truth is that actually, no, you don't. In fact, You could spend the next, I would say, 12 to 18 months making sure that everything that you have from a go-to market and overall customer experience perspective matches that segment. So you're going to write copy for those marketing agencies. You're going to run campaigns for those marketing agencies. You're going to understand them like the back of your hand. You are then going to build features for those marketing agencies. You might even consider redesigning the product a little bit to better fit and support different types of verticals, let alone marketing agencies. Uh, the case studies that you create are going to be about marketing agencies. Um, does that mean that you have to change the homepage a million and billion times? Potentially. It just depends really on how you currently go to market. But you'll definitely be creating landing pages. You'll be, be you'll be creating blog content. You'll be using language in your Google ads or whatever it is that you're doing. But that's not to say that it's forever. The cool part about this, though, is that if you actually do focus, you can really start to see and understand like how well do certain segments perform over others. And I will say, like strategically speaking, we really focus when we are attracting 
a, a very diverse customer base and we have several different pockets of segments and they're all, or at least there's a huge um, abundance of different types of customers and they all are relatively great customers. And focusing is a great approach because it enables you to really divide and conquer. It enables you to look at your existing customer base and say, wow, we have a lot of website development agencies or wow, we have a lot of enterprise e-commerce companies uh, that are owners and operators. And you get to say, okay, we are going to focus on these people, uh, not forever, forever, like we're eventually going to move on to other segments, but that's not to say that we're going to lose those people. It just means that we're going to build what we need to go to market to this segment successfully. And assuming that we are growing our marketing activities and growing our company or in, in whatever way, we can actually continue to build for those people. And this is how we, how, you know, SaaS companies become like 100 and 203,000 person teams because they've got all of these different segments and all these different product lines and revenue lines that they are all going to market within. And that's exactly how that happens. Uh, but but I just want to make sure it's really, really, really clear that focusing is not necessarily a forever thing. But however, it is a way to think about your go-to-market, especially if you actually have a lot of market opportunity and you're stuck on which one to start with first. So the quick and easy way to know which one to start with is really to think about who your raving fans are, to do some customer research and to actually talk to customers to get a sense for who are these people and what are they really getting out of the product and who has the highest willingness to pay that is the easiest for us to acquire that then gets the most value at the end of the day. And when you think about those three levers across the board, that's really how you identify what segments to start going after. You don't necessarily want to go after segments that are hard for you to acquire, that don't really care about the product or um, aren't really satisfied, unless, of course, you really truly do plan on building and optimizing for them, which you're going to have to cross some pretty painful hurdles. And I argue that eventually, after you go after the uh, low-hanging fruit, aka the customers that are relatively easier to sell, eventually you probably will expand into customer segments that are a little bit harder to sell, sometimes, not always, but sometimes that actually does happen in the journey. Now, I will say though, that's probably 10 years away. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's probably not next year. That's probably like five to 10 years from now. Like we got to be thinking who is excited and loving it right now? And how do we divide and conquer within those segments? And trust me, that's like five to 10 years worth of work. That's not like a small amount of work. It's a lot of work. And you might actually decide that the customers that maybe don't get it or are less satisfied that you don't waste your time there. I give the example of HubSpot actually a lot. So HubSpot is not um, a company that niched. It was a company that focused. And what they did was they started out with marketing. It was an email marketing platform at the time. And then they expanded into marketing automation and they started targeting demand generation marketers in uh, you know, small to medium businesses. And then it expanded into enterprise. And then they refocused again. They discovered that there's actually a lot of opportunity to enter horizontally into other spaces. So they added a CRM, they added a support ticketing system, and they added other aspects of the product to cater to additional teams to create this, uh, basically like this enterprise marketing platform. Um, I don't even know what they position themselves as now or like what soft software category they would consider themselves in. But what I'm trying to impart, though, is that 
they started by focusing and their go-to-market strategy even now I would say is still very much by focusing on specific segments at any given time, but they expanded over time. And HubSpot's been in the game for a very long time. And you'll notice that from a go-to-market perspective, they never stopped catering to old audiences. They still absolutely cater to those uh, to those people. They've just found ways to widen their reach while also still creating things that um, are relatively focused on the segments they're trying to accomplish at any given time. Now, let's talk about niching because niching is a different vibe for sure. <laughs> and niching, again, just as a reminder, niching says we are this software category for these people and that's it. And sometimes it's not always a specific vertical. Sometimes it's for a specific persona. You can also think of niching uh, as a specific use case and there's never expansion into any other use case ever. Niching is 100% a valid way to go to market. There is no wrong way to go to market, in my opinion, except for the kind that doesn't work or doesn't actually get you closer to your goals. Like That's the only wrong way. <laughs> Um, but focusing and niching, they are both equally valid ways to go to market. I find that if you have a product that is widely applicable, has many different use cases, and or you can apply it to many different segments or markets, then focusing is probably going to be your best bet, but just because you, you'll just have a longer term opportunity pool. Niching, the biggest game you'll have to play with niching is that you'll have to make sure that you niche into a category or into a vertical or use case or all of the above that is has enough market turnover, meaning there's enough entrants in the market and there's more entrants in the market than there are exits in the market. So for example, I don't know how many new hospitals are being built every year, year over year. I don't think that that's a big number that hospitals are like rapidly growing. But if I were to think about markets where there aren't that many entrants, but there are definitely several exits, malls, for example, let's think about like physical malls in the gosh, 80s and 90s, huge spike in malls being built across the country. Um, and now I think that there's more abandoned malls probably than there are like the functioning active ones. I could be wrong about that. But this is kind of uh, indicative of a, of a market that has more exits than it does have entrance. Like people aren't building malls at the same uh, pace that they were even 10 years ago. And this would be a really tough niche to pick because if you were to say, I'm going to build software for malls, even though they are rapidly declining, then you are always beholden to that category unless, of course, you decide to pivot and expand and change. Um, but niching is tough because it basically implies that for as long as you can, that that category or vertical or whatever that thing is that you're kind of niching into that it's going to sustain the business for as long as it possibly can. And as we all know, all things do come to an end. So really the question with niching will also be, how do you identify when it's time to expand, to pivot, to innovate, or to do all of the above? And I use the example of uh, CRM for trucking companies. I would expect that over time, the CRM for trucking companies probably expands into 
not just CRM, but potentially other aspects of the uh, trucking company world. So what are some of the other ways that this product could provide value to trucking companies? We'll probably always have trucking companies, but there's also a possibility that those uh, trucking companies decline for environmental reasons. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen here. Um, But all that to say, niching, it definitely requires a different level of understanding of your market, of that industry, or whatever it is that you're niching into. But of course, you only want to pick a niche that can actually support the growth of the business. And once you hit a turning point, which you inevitably will, um, like it's not an if, it's it's a when, It it inevitably happens. The caveat here is, of course, that that could be 50 years from now, but it could also be five years from now. But when it does happen, that you are able to pivot accordingly um, or not. And then, of course, you might experience some decline in growth from the business perspective. But niching, however, you know, assuming that you can identify a category or a space that is growing relatively well and is consistent and somewhat predictable, then a niche can be a wave that you ride for years, decades even. And then at the same exact time, niching, uh, niching gives us a lot of really interesting things. It gives us automatic focus because it's really hard to be distracted by some other kind of company if we know that we are niched into something specific. Um, so for example, we're probably not going to drop everything <laughs> when the marketing agency customer says, hey, I want these features when, uh, you know, they're not a trucking company. If we're, if, you know, if we're CRM for trucking companies and a marketing agency comes around and is like, hey, I'm a customer, I want, you know, this, this, and this, we might say, eh, eh, does it really fit with our vision? You know, we're not really for marketing agencies, we're really for trucking companies. We're not going to build that, but we do like you. (laughs) And, you know, you could be as nice or not as you want, I guess. Um, and that, and in that case, I'm working to see and say, oh man, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, well, probably not going to use this anymore, but you know, thank you for being honest. And, you know, they move on or they don't, maybe they keep using it. I don't know. But what I think is so interesting is that niching automatically gives you focus. But like I said before, you don't have to niche to have focus, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't give you focus. It absolutely does. It enables you to stay true to the industry, the segment, the use case or whatever it is that you are ultimately niched into. So by design, it allows you to put some blinders on and enables you to really stay in your lane in a way, which can be very freeing for a lot of founders, especially for those who experience neurodivergence in any kind of way and feel constantly distracted by so many different options, opportunities, segments, et cetera. So niching could actually be very, very powerful from a marketing and overall go-to-market perspective, also very powerful because you'll probably only ever be talking about so many things at once. Um, Now, the danger here is that you don't see larger macro trends over time. So I would say if you are niched and you are truly niched, like you turn away customers who don't fit a specific profile or don't have a specific use case that's truly niching. Focusing, you'd probably still accept them. <laughs> no, but if you're truly niching, you're probably turning folks away. And you're basically saying, you know, for at least the next 10 years, we're focused on these people or these specific things. And that's it. And like, we're not changing at all. And I, I know I say focus there, but just purely because I don't think that there's a better word <laughs> than to say, but you know, we are truly niching to this, then we're sticking to this and we're not budging. 
I will say though, uh, the biggest thing to think about would just be that you don't get caught up in micro trends that you do eventually zoom out and see macro trends. Because again, it's really hard to predict what any market is going to do over short and long periods of time. But with niching, you just want to make sure that your market doesn't decline in a way that will impact you or your business. Um, Unless, of course, you know, that was by design, which no judgment there. Uh, A great example, the, the, the story that I can tell here is actually Blockbuster. I mean, Blockbuster, for those who have not experienced Blockbuster, Blockbuster was the Uh, the movie rental place. It was a physical store that you would go into and you would rent movies. Um, These were often VHSs. And then when DVDs became a thing, you could rent DVDs and then Blu-ray. And then at some point they eventually launched uh, the ability to rent games, like physical games. But the interesting thing about Blockbuster was they never quite caught on to the concept that online streaming would catch up and surpass video rentals, which is a huge, hugely missed opportunity. And it started out with Netflix. And, you know, of course, back in the day before Netflix was an online streaming platform, it was a video rental via mail. It was direct mail video rentals. And eventually it moved into streaming because Netflix saw the future and they saw that online streaming would just simply be like eventually the tech would catch up and eventually that will be something that more people will want to do than than the experience of, you know, going to a store and picking out a VHS, a tape or whatever it is, renting it and then being responsible for returning it, which Um, You know, raise your hand if you've ever gotten the late fees from that. But this is a great example of a company losing sight of the macro trend. And to be fair, um, you know, it's it's really, really hard to not drink your own Kool-Aid. It's super duper hard. I experience it myself even. Um, But at the same exact time, Blockbuster needed to, you know, pull their head out of the sand for a little bit and check out the macro trends. So that way they can evolve because they they ultimately were niched. They offered these specific things. They picked locations and delivered that service or product in those specific ways. So in this particular case, it was we're going to offer physical rentals at physical stores in select locations across the country. And we will pride ourselves in having the best array, the best variety Um, at least that we can physically handle. Although what we'll find is that when you compare it to something like Netflix, um, a blockbuster can't hold everything. It can't hold every movie ever. Um, So it has to have some kind of competitive differentiator. But then of course, you know, once you compare it to something like a Netflix, you find that, uh, you know, people obviously didn't actually love the experience of going in, having to hassle, you know, a blockbuster employee about their late fees and remembering to return the VHS or the tape or whatever it is on time. And and so it had like its own challenges, of course. Um, but those are the kinds of macro trends that you'll just have to make sure that you are privy to, especially if you are niched. And there's no way to know what direction that will go for you. But if you are yeah, if you know if you're aware, if you're conducting not only your customer research but also like your macro market research, and if you're noticing like overall trends, 
you'll usually be able to you know, pick up on the intuition of like, where should I, like, is it time to be thinking about pivoting, expanding, changing, or are we actually good based off of what's going on? I think the last thing I just want to leave everyone with is when it comes to focusing versus niching. And again, as a recap, focusing is saying, okay, this is my customer base. These are my segments. For the next 12 to 18 months, I am going to focus all of my go-to-market effort on these specific segments one by one. Um, And you can do more at once if you have a larger team. But most teams, let's say if 10 people, 20 people can probably only focus on one segment at a time. Um, So let's just say we're focused on this segment for the next 12 to 18 months. We are going to Uh, you know, create all of the marketing content around this. We're going to train our success team to better handle these types of customers. We're going to be thinking about what kind of features these, the segment wants, and we are going to divide and conquer our market by approaching it that way. That's focusing. And then again, niching is we are this software category for this specific segment or vertical or use case. And that is it. And they're like, we are, we are not uh, switching focus ever, (laughs) forever. Um, I mean, not actually forever, pretty much every business changes at some point, but, um, but, you know, niching, we're this for this. And that's that, like, there's no debate between these two options. I just want to make sure it's really clear that there's really no wrong answer, but what it does do is that there's, there's different implications for both. If you are a company that is going to decide to focus, you are going to have to make sure that you have incredible internal operations and processes in place to enable your team to be able to divide and conquer together. And if it's just you on the team, then again, you'll need to make sure that you organize yourself in a way that uh, allows you to actually get the execution done. Because feeling like you're focusing versus actually focusing are very different things. Companies that actually focus there's output and there's quite a lot of output, meaning like they are executing, they are crunching through things. Um, and because they are focused, they don't have to do a whole lot of, you know, what ifing and what abouting, uh, because you know, they're focused. And then on the flip side, when it comes to niching, you naturally have focus and ideally you also have incredible operations. But the thing about niching that you'll have to make sure that you have down pat is you're just going to have to make sure that you have really strong innovation and, and also you are able to feel the waves in case an earthquake comes that you have your own, what is it? Richter scale, I think is what it's called. I'm, that might be super wrong. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this is like, that's not what it's called. Um, yeah, I, I, I can, thank you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, but you should be able to feel the tremors before the earthquake actually happens. Because the one thing about niching, while it's really cool, don't get me wrong, the, the, the toughest thing about it is that you might lose track of the macro trend and then you might become like Blockbuster, who ignored the fact that online streaming was going to actually become good one day. So um, that's the biggest risk when it comes to niching. And then also with focusing, the biggest risk is not having great processes and operations to actually do this well. And those are really like the two sides of the coin. So whenever I'm talking to a founder, uh, and if I ever see you at a conference or anything like that, and you know, you're like, oh yeah, like we're, we're focusing on this audience. We're going to have a pop quiz on, okay, are you focused or are you niched? Because they're actually very different. And I would argue that most companies are actually probably focusing, or at least they should be. 
they probably don't have to niche, but niching is also really cool. As long as, of course, you just have a really good sense for the macro trends and you don't get so lost in the micro trends that you can't see when a market changes so much that you might need to pivot also. So that's just something to keep in mind. But anyway, I hope that this was helpful. Focusing and niching, again, like they are they are absolutely related. Like they're two sides, I think, of the same coin. Um, One basically, again, just says we're going to go after each one like a domino and like a domino effect. And we're going to knock each pillar down as we go. And the other one says, we only care about this one domino forever. And that's it. So there's really no wrong answer. There's really not a wrong answer here. Either one of these approaches, totally sound, good, great, um, like I said, can, you know, can keep you in business for decades, even depending on which one you choose. Um, but I think the biggest thing is really just committing to whatever path you choose. So if you are thinking about niching, just make sure that you really commit to that path before you actually, of course, you know, just, you know, half, half, haphazardly do it. Um, but just make sure that you're committed to whatever path you choose without focusing or niching either one. Okay, that's all I got for you today. Thanks again for listening. Hope this was helpful. And yeah, hit me up if you have any questions. If you're not sure which camp you're in, you might be in the focusing camp, but maybe you're just not doing it super well. So I'm happy to chat about that. Maybe you're super duper niched and you're and you know it and you're like maybe a little worried about like, man, I maybe I might need to consider expanding a bit, changing a little bit. I'm happy to have those conversations too. Uh, really tough decisions to make, but all of these things have been done and solved before and there are definitely answers. So happy to help if I can. Thanks again in the meantime and enjoy. Bye y'all. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. To learn more about how to reach your growth goals for your SaaS business, head on over to demandmaven.io. You'll find all kinds of free resources, articles, and content. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you on the next one.